0: Alright everybody, welcome to Talking Taker, episode number 44 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. My name is Alex Dorio, I am one of your hosts, one of the Creatures of the Night, and I am joined as always by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, Travis White, my fellow Creature of the Night, and to me, talk about Creatures of the Night, it is is late for us. (laughs) recording this, but that's alright
1: because, just like Shawn Michaels, we can stay young for night. Hi, yo. Yeah, man, one of your leeches of the night here. Yeah, it is almost midnight as we record this. And, uh, yeah, I'm out in the dark. So, it is, I'm outside in a car. So, we audio quality should be better this week, but it is what it is, guys. So, we're doing our best to get you these episodes on Fridays, like we promised. Um, because, yeah, we love it, and we love your support, and we know uh, you guys look forward to these too, so yeah.
0: You know, you're just getting in the spirit of the, of the Undertaker, am. being out there <laughs> in the night, in the darkness.
1: Brothers of the night, you and I are. <laughs> well, we're going to be talking
0: about the Brothers of the Night, of course, as the Undertaker Kane saga continues to, to, to fire up and flame up here. As we get on the road to another big match, kicking off a new year as we jump into 1998 today with... The main event of Royal Rumble 1998, The Undertaker against Shawn Michaels in a casket match for the WWF Championship, a match that has huge implications, not only on the storylines of the WWF, but really on the future of the WWF and on the career of Shawn Michaels, which we'll talk about. So uh, yeah, we're going to jump into it. We appreciate everybody out there listening and tuning in, as always. As we kick off a new year, uh, hopefully you guys listened to the last episode. I just want to say, you know, uh, don't sleep on our our last episode. Don't sleep on that Degeneration X episode. I know, yeah. <laughs> Undertaker versus Jeff Jarrett. You know, it was obviously that the downloads for that were a little bit less than the Hell in the Cell match. You know, the bigger matches in the Undertaker's career tend to get more downloads. But man, don't sleep on that 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 episode or the uh, the uh, some of the other more. Uh, not as famous. Obscure ones, Undertaker, yeah. Yeah, The more obscure some, ones. There's yeah. some great stuff that we had fun talking about last oh, week's yeah. <laughs> episode. Uh, you know, and that, that's kind of what we're trying to do here. We're covering the Undertaker in depth, of course, but we're also picking out some of the obscurities, some of the stuff you might have missed or might have forgotten about from these from this era, from these episodes of Raw, and how it all plays into the bigger picture. We're using the Undertaker as a gateway into telling the history of professional wrestling through the WWF and, and the WWE and we're branching off into some fun territories here so we appreciate you joining in uh we love if you're tuning in and, and just picking and choosing but man don't miss out uh go back and and dig in and dig up some of these other episodes too don't forget about those don't sleep on this
1: no oh, exactly those are some of the most fun ones I remember specifically the Farouk episodes one of my favorite ones we've done still for some reason our favorite Farouk and last week was really fun, too. Yeah, it, the buildup might not be as exciting, but the road there is really fun. So, uh, But speaking of really fun, this build up is fun. This match is fun. Again, these two have chemistry. These two being Sean and Undertaker have the most ridiculous chemistry we've seen up to this point. I mean, this is only their, what, third match, right? Yeah, yeah. And from the get-go, from match one, they had chemistry. We mentioned that. And then Hell in a Cell was awesome. And here we are again. And it's just, these dudes just click, man. They just click. This is episode 44, and these might be the
0: three best matches that we've covered so far. You know, they're right up there with uh, the matches with Mankind. You know, those matches were excellent, but I think these take it to another level. And, And I put that in my notes, too, during the match. Just, man, these guys had great chemistry and were able to build a great rivalry uh, in just yeah. a really short amount of time. It's like an all-timer rivalry right here, uh, just yeah. right off the bat. And, like, yeah, they had never faced each other until September, uh, just a few months before this. It's crazy. Yeah,
1: absolutely nuts. Absolutely nuts. So, picking up from last week's, you know, Talking to Acre episode of Degeneration Next, week, we head into uh, the next nine of Raw and – there's nothing
0: there. Yeah, we can skip right over it. Uh, Undertaker <laughs> and Kane don't play a role in that episode of Raw, so we're going to jump over because we're talking Taker to uh, episode 238 on the WWE Network of Monday Night Raw from December 15th, 1997. And, and you know, speaking of 15, Undertaker kicks off the show with about a 15 year old Michael Cole in the ring <laughs> interviewing him, man. It is. It's crazy to think he's been in the WWE for over 20 years, but you can tell looking at him on these early episodes. He weighs about 92 pounds.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, he's swallowed himself at this point like, nowadays. He looks like he's eating this version of Michael Cole. <laughs> Although, I will say, he looks better now. He's on a better diet, but back at WrestleMania 27, you and I were there, he was horrifying looking. A, a little husky, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, man, he looks like he's 15 years old, and Undertaker just absolutely dwarfs him in the ring here. Just slim Michael, man. He's, he's slim.
0: And, and oh. guess what? Michael Cole gets to announce. That, oh, what is that? That the Undertaker is the
1: new number one contender for the WWF <laughs> Championship. And so I'm we just, had a month off, right? Of the just random announcements. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. Did Ken, I don't know if Ken Shamrock just got randomly announced for that? Oh but, yeah,
1: we didn't cover that. So but, he uh, may have.
0: I'm just thinking how like Undertaker has lost his last three pay per
1: view matches. At, at least, I think we. He has. He, he hasn't won. He hasn't won since Canadian Stampede in July. That is. That crazy. was his last win. <laughs> and he's yeah. the number
0: one contender. Exactly. I, mean, <laughs> I get that he's taken Shawn Michaels to the limit every time he's faced him, and you know, he he should have won at uh, at Bad Blood. He Should have won that Hell in a Cell match, but. Uh, right, he's kind of kind. Shawn Michaels is kind of getting screwed over here, man. He, he I know he screwed Bret Hart over, but he's kind of getting screwed over here, especially because he's having to face the
1: Undertaker in a casket match. Right, which Michael Cole says it. It's almost like he's supposed to scare Undertaker with it. He's like, it's going to be a casket match. Like that's his specialty, exactly. dude. Like he's not scared. The opponent is supposed to be scared. But and I got this th- feeling too, like watching this and watching the build up, like casket match, um. The aura around it doesn't mean as much as it used to, you know. Like when we were covering this stuff back in '91, '92, '93, you know, that was, you know, he was more of the, you know, the the the, the graveyard type guy, and you know, he's building his own caskets, and it was kind of part of his character. Um, and now it's still part of his character, but not so much as we keep talking about. It. He's more human now, um, so it kind of, honestly, for me, it came out of, like left field, you know, in kayfabe wise. It's kind of like, huh, okay, well, because it's kind of bringing back that more, you know mystique aura of him which is kind of I don't thought that was kind of weird but it works as we get to the match it's great.
0: I agree 100%. The match itself ends up being great but yeah, you're right. After just this intense realism and yeah, next level that... violence of Hell in a Cell, we're going to go backwards to the cartooniness of the casket <laughs> match. Yeah. Which you and I both love and sure. it definitely has its place and it's it is part of the mystique of the Undertaker but it is it does feel kind of out of place, and this whole f- this uh, going back to the Undertaker Shawn Michaels thing it, again it, it ends up working, but I think it feels kind of tacked on because I really think they really should have gone with Owen Hart versus Shawn Michaels here. That yeah. would have made more sense. Instead, Owen Hart ends up facing Triple H to get his revenge on DX for the screw job. But man, why not? Right. Why not give Owen Hart? a month in the spotlight he's so hot right now off of uh, he's doing this gimmick where he's he's basically being stone cold light yeah (laughs) being a version of stone cold but it makes so much sense and it's just weird to me that they don't try to capitalize on all that screwjob stuff by giving owen hart at least one month a chance to to main event a pay-per-view they easily could have done that
1: oh yeah absolutely they could have done that at at uh, Royal Rumble and then have K- Undertaker and, and Shawn Michaels at No Way Out in Texas. Sure. Or but, again, well, there's a reason we get a, the skip a month. But, yeah, I, I agree, man. Owen Hart seemed like the surefire number one contender, but maybe they just didn't want to do business together. Who knows, you know, after the real-life screwing of Bret Hart. So <laughs> yeah, I, it
0: could have been that, too. Could have been that, too. Um, um, Well, we get some
1: little uh,
0: – playing a little – Fast and loose with the facts here in this program, yeah. too. Talk
1: about that. <laughs> well, Undertaker says that he's wrestled Shawn twice, and nothing has been settled but one issue. I can beat Shawn Michaels at at will, which apparently not. You haven't <laughs> beat, him he beat him yet. Yeah, haven't beat him yet. Yeah. And he, but then he, he talks right into the camera, and he gets, he gets really intense on this one. He says, you know, my history of casket matches is legendary. I've only lost once, and it took ten top talent to put him away. So right there, A, you've lost more than once, and it did not take ten top talent. Those were jabronies. <laughs> Those were jabrones that came out and buried him at, uh, what was that, SummerSlam 94? Oh, no, no Royal no, Ro- uh, Rumble. No, Royal Rumble 94. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah excuse yeah. me. Excuse me. But yeah, dude, he skipped over <laughs> another one that he lost, Goldust.
0: Goldust, exactly. Uh, that was what? what? Uh, international Incident? Was it that one?
1: No, it was uh, uh, it
0: was Beware of Dog.
1: Be, yeah, Beware because <laughs> they that had do to do two redo nights it. in a row. Yeah, yeah.
0: exactly. Oh, though, man. but I mean, I guess a lot of people forget about that match and that pay per view, and apparently the Undertaker does, and JR does as well. JR mentions it yep. during the Royal Rumble match itself. They can't get their facts straight here, and I guess that match doesn't count.
1: Yeah. Well, and fun fact for you, I, have, I don't have this on my notes, but uh, I just watched the photo sh- the photo shoot on the network with Goldust last night, and he talks about that match with. With um, Undertaker in it, which, uh, again, Goldust hasn't forgotten in 2018. <laughs> he, of course, he did have a little help from a friend named Mankind. Yeah. So it wasn't ten top talent, but still. One. Undertaker's lost twice that we know of in casket matches on so, camera, you know. So his so, casket we... match
0: record is really only like three and
1: two. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's really right. not that great. Right, exactly. But it doesn't make for a good story that way. It makes for a better story the way he tells it. So, um, anyway. But and then apparently,
0: uh, The Undertaker doesn't like to use profanity either.
1: Right. right. <laughs> he says, pr- Yeah. Go well, ahead. he
0: says, he's talking to Shawn Michaels and says, You better give your soul to the Lord because the rest of your scrawny will belong to me. And he actually pauses instead of saying yeah. the word there, which I don't think I've ever seen in a promo before.
1: It was strange. Dude. I don't think so, but you know what? To me, it worked better because when he paused, just the anticipation of what, you know, cuss words are going to come out of his mouth, the crowd popped. It is almost like by not saying it, he got the message more over than by saying because anyone can cuss. And that was Jeff Jarrett's point when he returned was, oh, Austin comes out and cusses and the crowd pops. Great. Big whoop. Like, he could have said a cuss word here, Undertaker, but he didn't. And because he waited, it gave more subtlety. And honestly, the crowd popped for it, which I thought... I wouldn't have thought about that, but it was really cool. It was a good. He does well with everything he's given, <laughs> even a stupid line like that. He's great. So um, I don't know what happens once he says that. The organ music and the red lights come on. So we got Kane's music here, and again, this is in December, so it's about Christmas time. Uh, but Kane and Paul Barry come out, and they're staring a hole through each other. Kane and Undertaker, that is, and Paul Barry gives a. Great promo here with some scathing words. Uh, Why don't you go ahead and take it away? He is (laughs) over the top
0: here, man, with his well, well, well introduction saying, What a beautiful family portrait this is! A happy holiday portrait! The only thing that's missing, Undertaker, is your parents! The parents that you murdered! And here in front of you is your brother. The brother that you sat under the Christmas tree with. Yes, send open presents and watch the train go round. Remember, he suffered for 20 years and it's all your fault. Bear is vermin. But he's going to give The Undertaker one more chance. One more chance to join up with Kane and to be a man for all of his leeches of the night, and <laughs> you can't say Paul Bear is not a fair guy. You know, he's continually giving Undertaker a chance after chance. He did all summer long, giving him the chance to re- re- reconcile with him before he revealed the secret of Cain. Now he's giving him another chance to join up with them or, or to fight yep. to fight against him. You know, Paul Bear. You know, for all his problems, is a pretty fair guy.
1: It's absolutely fair. Yes, he was. And again, like I uh, mentioned uh, last week with the Batman and Joker type relationship here, you know, you look at the Dark Knight, there's several instances Joker keeps pushing Batman to kill him or to kill somebody, and he never does. And finally he has to, you know, take out Harvey Dent at the end there and blames himself instead of Joker. So, you know, same kind of thing here, continuing on. Paul Bear's got his Batman boots on, or his Joker boots, I guess, so... (laughs) Oh.
0: Paul Bearer may be fair, but Kane is ready to fight. He slaps the yeah. Undertaker and goes to slap him a second time. And Taker grabs his fist, stops him. But instead of fighting, he just shakes his head and walks away, he walks up the aisle. And then I love this. Kane hits the pyro and then Taker kind of turns around and does that look back yeah. on the aisle at him and just – He just says more in a look than uh, a lot of guys can say in an entire promo. Man, he's just – that's why we're doing this podcast about him because he's one of the best. He
1: he does, and I remember just us saying that even from episode one, two, and three just as far as his mannerisms. You know, just the way he carried himself and he played the facials and stuff as far as this dead man character. He has it here still seven years later, and he's just – yeah, you're right. He just kind of looks at Kane like disappointed, you know, and just – he didn't need to say a word. So he said more by not cussing and by just staring at his, his brother here than he would have by giving another 10 minute promo. So it's just, it's just good stuff, man. He's so on top of things and on top of his character.
0: It's a great segment. I go out of my way to watch this one. Uh, it's the opening of the December 15th, 97 raw. It's great. Top to bottom. And gives a great gist of the, uh, the whole feud uh, that we're oh, going to yeah. see uh, throughout the buildup here. And, after you watch that, definitely go watch the commercial on this episode of Raw <laughs> for WWF the Music Volume 2 CD, which I I think I have the CD and the cassette for this one at, I at know one quarter down there. Yeah. And I learned something. I think we both learned something from this commercial, which you know, I didn't realize, and that's that apparently The Undertaker plays the cymbals in his own entrance music. I had no <laughs> idea. Course.
1: Yeah, according to this video, he does. And Mankind plays what drums? Uh, he plays something. He plays piano. The piano. He plays piano. Steve Austin plays something in his yeah. It's, it, Vader it's just plays crazy. The drums. Vader plays drums for Yeah, it's, it's just so hokey commercial. and funny, but I love it, man. It you've was got great.
0: you've also got the uh, like the attitude commercials, which are so serious and and yeah, you know everyone remembers those. And then you got this goofiness
1: too. Oh yeah. Again, they're still in between, or right, haven't crossed over to the Attitude technically yet. So, well, actually, this is the same episode where Vince McMahon gives he just takes a, a stick of dynamite, kayfabe, and just blows it up. This is the uh, cure for the common show announcement uh, with all that. It's the uh, infamous speech, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, he just blows up kayfabe and introduces a little bit of Attitude here and um, gives his mission statement for the company. We in the WWF think that you, the audience, are quite frankly tired of having your
0: intelligence insulted. We also think that you're tired of the same old simplistic theory of
1: good guys versus bad guys. Classic. We all, all, all of us wrestling fans know have have known and seen this a million times.
0: Of course, it's this speech where he, where Vince McMahon talks about there's no more good guys, there's no more bad guys. You know, basically, saying wrestling's fake and we're entertainment yeah. and uh, we're going to provide entertainment. And, you know, not to dwell too much on it, but I do think The Undertaker is a huge representation of this evolution because, like we said before, this storyline with Kane is kind of one of really the first examples of this new era, of this new more soap opera era where we're – you know, it's it's weird that this is a wrestling feud. You know, Paul Bearer gave that promo all those months ago, where he talked for twenty minutes about yeah. the funeral home burning down and all this stuff, and we were both like, "This is on a wrestling show, right? What is even happening?" And it's just it's the perfect distillation of this, and it's gonna continue to be as the Undertaker goes into that Ministry of Darkness character and starts sacrificing people and oh, becomes Lord. larger yeah. than life and larger than wrestling. In, not always in good ways, but uh, it's a right. perfect example of what Vista Man is, is trying to do here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this kayfabe died this night in the World Wrestling Federation. <laughs> so, not that it hadn't been a dying a slow death anyway, especially with all of Shawn Michaels' uh, promos the last two months. But um, anyway, but yeah, man, this was the night kayfabe officially died in WWF, And, you know, it's it's fine, though. You know, they, they're they going to give us uh, – uh, what does he say? He says, you know, there's no more good guys and bad guys. Oh, we don't want to insult your intelligence anymore. Right. So, yeah. Um, although, I'll, I'm will not taking a <laughs> task on that a little yeah, bit later. We, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> Let's jump into the next week and, and, and get up uh, through some of these Raws as we uh, head into the Christmas episode of Raw, December 22nd, 1997, uh, episode 239. They're in that same arena, tiny little arena where Undertaker fought Quang. Ooh, nice. he buries them alive, episode Uh, classic. It's in Lowell, (laughs) Massachusetts, I think, something like that. It's like 2000. That place comes up so much, yeah. It's so funny, but uh, there's a historic matchup on this episode.
1: Uh, are you talking about The Rock versus Undertaker here? The Rock versus the Undertaker, yeah. It's great, man. Like, it was fun to watch. I mean, there's lots of outside interference. Uh, Taker has to deal with the nation the entire time. Um, I don't know. We don't need to necessarily break down the whole match or anything, but, no, but it's, it's cool solid. to see these guys go back and see. this is, from what I can recall, their first meeting. I don't remember him meeting Rocky Maivia in a, in a one-on-one match. So I don't
0: either. And, and The Rock's still very young and early yeah. in his heel career, but Undertaker gives him a lot, gives him a long match. Yeah, he and does. It's a pretty good TV match.
1: You could tell that Taker respected him because of how much he gave him. You know, we always talk about him selling, and he doesn't have to sell for everybody, but he does here, and it's it's good, man. I really enjoyed this match. Um, I think this um, match ends when uh, he gets a choke slam to The Rock and a tombstone, and he's about to put Rocky away, and Kane comes out. Yes, um, the
0: Christmas creature himself, Kane, comes out <laughs> on December twenty second, if oh. you will, uh, to interfere yeah. with along with Paul Bear who. Continues. They continue to berate and belittle the Undertaker, uh, and Paul Bear is just laying it in on him. Viciousness. Him, yes. Can't <laughs> believe I stood by your side. You're nothing. And what's so sad is your poor parents are celebrating this holiday season with the maggots and the worms.
1: Goo. I couldn't believe he said
0: that. I was like, oh my goodness. He's just laying it in
1: there. So.
0: Well, that's what gets Taker to go off and. <laughs> Uh, he tries to attack Paul Bearer, but Kane goes after the Undertaker. Taker is finally snapping here. He wraps the goozle around Kane, but he hesitates and Kane ends up beating down the Undertaker. And it's one of the longest beatdowns we've seen on the Undertaker so far.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I wanted to mention too, just, you know, when, when, when Taker finally snaps and, and, you know, wraps his throat or his arm around or his hand around Kane's throat, excuse me, the place just erupts, man. Like they've, the Lowell, Massachusetts, or they finally they just erupt because they're just excited to see Taker finally put his hands on him. You know he's gonna get some revenge here. But yeah, like you said he hesitates and he waits a minute, and because he doesn't he doesn't want to fight him. You know, uh, it's like you know what, what we've been saying this whole time. And so yeah, there's a huge, tremendous beatdown, and of course Jr. is like this is the worst beatdown we've ever seen, which we, he's also <laughs> said about. Every He's also time. said about Kevin Nash. He's also said about Bret Hart. He's said about about um mankind for like seven months. So yeah, but it really is one of the more you know long ones. It's not brutal or anything. It's just long, and he does just beat him up. So yeah, I think Jared says no one has ever manhandled the Undertaker like this. Um so, um yeah, and then Paul Bear has a great line here.
0: He says 1998 will be the year of Cain, which. I mean, it's hard to argue that. Yeah. We're, we're going to cover four Kane matches uh, on next uh, throughout the throughout the next few months or throughout the next few weeks of this podcast, and he's going to be he's a gonna, vital
1: part. Yeah, he's going to win the title for one night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in a couple months, so his yeah.
0: one and only WWF Championship reign.
1: Yeah, and doesn't matter if it's one night or not; he still had it. So <laughs> that's all that matters in the record books. And then uh, Paul Bearer go. He, you know, 8 It'll be the year of Kane. season's beatings, dead man. <laughs> I just I love that little comment he has. He is so, off the charts, but, um, man. I know we say that every week, but it's true. He's yeah, he's so so off the off the rails here, man. I love it though. Um, I want to. Can we talk about the main event of this show though? Sure. I know it doesn't pertain to uh, talking taker, but I, again, I'm a WCW apologist. I believe you are as well. Um, this is the main event. With those of you listening, know that Triple H and Sean had to fight for the European Championship because again, Sean has this "quote unquote" coveted title he loves, and Triple H has to fight him for it. And to me, this is the original finger poke of doom that WWE gets crapped on for. Like they make it just a complete joke, and everyone's always like, "WWE killed it that night," and with Hogan and Nash, and you know. But again, like you mentioned last week, I think, or two weeks ago, that you know. WWF kind of, or WWE kind of retells history now how they want to because they won, you know. So, um, but I think this to me this is the finger poke of doom is original. Like this is an absolute travesty of kayfabe <laughs> and style. Like Jim Cornette was probably rolling over backstage watching this. I
0: think so. I mean, I think so to an
1: extent.
0: Um, you know, I mean, I just, it's, it it's a like,
1: it's, I mean, it's great storyline. I, I love it. I, I have no problem with it. My qualm comes from when everybody craps on WCW about it, and it was basically doing the same exact thing, in my opinion. It was doing the same thing. Yeah. So.
0: My only thing is that it's it's the European title versus the World Heavyweight title, and it's also, sure. uh, you know, it it almost – I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. Yeah, and, and, it, and it does – it buries the European title. Like, yeah. uh, the European title wasn't anything big. But it was never going to be anything big after that happened, too. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I guess I, his
1: fate was sealed that night.
0: <laughs> it, it definitely. But yeah. I think to do it in the world title, especially like the night or, or two weeks after they destroyed Goldberg's streak, too, I think it was yeah. the, the confluence of all of those different things, which is why the WCW one goes downhill more. But you're right. You know, if WCW things were reversed and WCW had won the war, then maybe we'd look back on. That sure. incident with the same disdain and and laughter that we look at the DSW yeah. one, I think there's some yeah. truth to and
1: no, that. And don't get me wrong, I love this angle. I love it. It's great. I mean, it's good. I'm I'm down with the thing of Poker Doom too. I, it's all it's all fine with me. I just I understand. I just I don't like the way that it gets pooped on. I get it. <laughs> I guess. That's fair. So, uh, but anyway, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Yeah,
0: to we'll talk about DX some more because we're actually yeah uh, we're gonna finally start to build. To, Undertaker, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it's, right. it's really, you know, that's going to be the story here. Is Undertaker and Kane is going to have an effect on everything The Undertaker does throughout the next year. Even as Undertaker goes into a feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin and, and with yeah. Mankind again, Kane is going to play a part in it. So, you know, we yeah. joked last week with our episode of Raising Kane, but, you know, <laughs> strap in, folks. The Big Red Machine is is going to be a huge part of this podcast going forward at least for the next few weeks. And we won't always well, yeah. cover everything that Kane is doing, but, you know, for as long as he's going hand in hand in the Undertaker, we, we kinda have to.
1: Yeah, you have to it's like when we covered Mankind in ninety six. He was always in the background lurking there. No matter, you know, we, we covered a lot of Mankind even on those Goldust episodes and stuff. So um, same thing here, yeah. But yeah, we're finally gonna get a little bit of build up to the the main event of the Royal Rumble here for the you know, World Wrestling Federation title. Um we got Triple H and China coming out. This is episode 240 of Raw 240 on December 29th. So um, Triple H and China come out to the ring, and they say that you know Triple H can't defend his title tonight. It's covered a European title because he tweaked his knee, and uh, he says he gives a promo here, and he's kind of you know coming out of his shell a little bit, and he says you know Dead Man, Scary Man, HBK is home with 102 fever, and he's shaking and sweating, and Dead Man will have to wait until Royal Rumble to rest in pieces. So um, at that. Something else happens.
0: I mean, yeah, well, before I get to that, I just want to say, obviously, Triple H gets all sorts of crap from people online, and some of it justifiable, sure, you know, into the later stages and later in the 2000s and all that, but God, dude, just watching this, he's so great in this role as, yes! as, <laughs> as the number two guy in yeah. DX. It's just so funny. He is coming into his own, and he's just oozing with just this heel charisma and just this oh you just want to punch him in the face he's so obnoxious yeah. but it's it's awesome uh you you see those shades of greatness right there even in young triple h why all these guys in the click wanted him to be a part of it and why they saw so much in him you know it's really coming into play here as he's starting to own that personality it's it's fun to go back and watch these early triple h moments
1: Oh yeah, I remember saying you know a lot of episodes ago when we first saw him as the Connecticut Blue Blood. Just you could tell he's a Ric Flair fan, just the way he wrestles and carries himself. And here you could tell he's a Click brother because oh, yeah. he's just like he's just he's like Kevin so Nash. He's just like Scott Hall. He's like X They're all just they got this you know whatever it is this it factor about them that oozes off the screen, man. And he's got it here. And yeah, that that promo he just had it, and the way he carries himself is great. So.
0: Well, like you said, they're, they're acting like Shawn Michaels isn't there. And then The Undertaker's music hits. The Druids come out with a casket, roll it down to the ring. And commentary is just going over the top here saying, well, you know, can't be the... Or, or they're saying that The Undertaker is for sure in that casket. He's going to attack Triple H. And, of course, Shawn Michaels, who's yeah. has a fever and isn't going to be there, he pops out of the casket. The casket has DX's graffiti sprayed all over it. And so they start celebrating and and cutting promo and trashing the Undertaker. And Kevin Kelly says that Degeneration X has desecrated the spirit of the casket, which Mm. I'm not sure what that (laughs) means.
1: (laughs) Yeah, what does that even mean? So, I mean, didn't – some other people had had desecrated it years ago, you know, beat it up and stuff. Yeah, King Abel did and – um. yeah, has had a gold one himself. So, anyway. But um, it's interesting, though, because like you said, you know, JR says um, Taker's in the casket, and he says he'll be the new WWF champion at Royal Rumble, which tells you right there you can count both those statements <laughs> out. <laughs> if the commentary says it's going to happen, you can count it out. Dude, they go if, all,
0: the week before Royal Rumble, yeah. too. They go <laughs> over the top. Like, guarantee we'll have a new champion. Like, come on.
1: Right. Yeah, don't do that. So and then, <clears throat> so after this, you know they're making a mockery of the casket and and stuff. And Shawn Michaels gets on gets on the stick, and he says, you know, introduces the the two newest members of DX here, which are, yeah, we'll skip over that. It's not they're not real people, ladies and gentlemen. China was just yeah, China's there. So anyway, they got lots she is, of uh, enhanced. Yeah, she's enhanced. She has two now, enhancement so.
0: talents with her. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, line of the night. So, um, they made lots of childish puns and but then Sean says Taker's gonna get his third chance at him and he'll be denied once again. Which again, that's true. You know, he's beaten him twice. Well, once was a, count- a double count out or whatever it was, double double DQ. And then but once he beat him, so and he and then Sean goes on to make a claim, I guess rebutting Paul Bear from the week before and he says that nineteen ninety eight will be the year of Degeneration D- Generation X and no one's gonna crash their party, which Assures that Sergeant Slaughter crashes their party and books <laughs> and books books and match with him and Owen. So
0: anyway, um. and then there's a uh, you know I totally forgot about this. You know everyone remembers the Vince promo where he led like, the cure for the common show thing that we just talked about. Right. But there's a clip on this episode where he's yes. backstage. He thanks the fans for tuning in and supporting the WWF, and he promises that 1998 will be the most action packed. An enjoyable year in company history, which is a very uh, prescient line.
1: Yeah, I was. I mean, I just wrote in my notes like, "Does he have a crystal ball or something?" Like, how did he know? Like, golly, it's crazy. You know, it's it's just crazy. It's crazy how you know. You, you know, we're joking about Paul Bear and Shawn Michaels saying that, but Vince is saying it, and like all three of those dudes are right. Nineteen ninety-eight's the year. Kane's the year of the new DX, and it's the year of WWF finally taking over the ratings war and. Just man, it's off to the moon with them, and no looking back here. And that's you
0: know know, that's why they took over and succeeded is because Vince McMahon never lost confidence. He he always bet on himself and on the company. Yep. And that's why they're still around. You know, you can see it in in that tiny little clip. You can see why why they're still around. Uh, Absolutely. One reason. One guy you cannot uh, credit to them being around is Chains from the Disciples of Apocalypse, who oh. leads out the uh, Geek Squad to the ring and to confront Kane. All these guys that have been beaten up by Kane over the past few months, and you know, there's a reason Except why the Hardy Boys, the Hardy Boys, Hardy Boys are not there, and uh, Ahmed Johnson, the Cheek, is not there. Oh, either. this week. But, uh, so there is no this week in the Cheek this week, sadly, <laughs> but. Man, there's a reason why Chains, a.k.a. the underfaker, did not get a lot of microphone time, man. <laughs> it was brutal. Obviously, Kane, week after week you come out here and you lay him in the middle of the ring. When well, you haven't been burnt. you think the Undertaker burnt you, your brother. Wait till your ass gets burned by the DOA and the rest of the crew. So step on down the rap because
1: we're going to put your damn fire out. Man, it's like a guy starting out in developmental, like getting giving a promo. It was yeah. just weak so like generic and lame so but basically what he says is that you know they call Kane out for all the destruction he's caused him over the the last you know two months and uh, the you know the fire comes out of the ring post and um which immediately gets followed by the undertaker's music um which is pretty cool and he starts to make his way to the ring um because kane, kane comes out the undertaker comes out after him so um it's kind of neat cuz I guess we haven't seen Undertaker for a couple weeks here.
0: Yeah. So he yeah, he decides to rescue Kane this time. He starts beating everyone up alongside Kane and fighting all these guys. So he's sending a message to his brother that this is what we should do. Don't don't stick with Paul Bearer. Don't let him corrupt you. Don't make us fight each other. I want to reconnect. I want to be the brothers of destruction. He's saying that without saying it, um, right? Just with his actions. So he walks away. Undertaker walks away. Walks up the ramp, and this <coughs> moment's awesome.
1: Yeah. Well. Yeah. And as he walks away, the crowd boos. Mm-hmm. Which, we don't see him getting much, much, uh, you know, many boos there. So Not in a long again, time. the the crowd's into it. They want him and and Kane on the same side. So they they love seeing this. And yeah, he walks up like you said, and. He looks into the camera at the top of the ramp and uh, doesn't say it over the over the mic, but he says it into the camera. He says, Kane, I will never fight you. I will burn in hell before I fight you. Uh, he says it right into the camera, and that's, that's that.
0: It's subtle. It's simple. It's not over the top. It's not hitting you over the head with it. Like you said, he doesn't say it over the microphone. He just right. says it into the camera. Very cool, very different. It's making you lean into the TV and listen and pay attention. Loved
1: it. Yeah. <clears throat> so good yeah again this story is just great just it's going to get even better
0: <laughs> it does yeah. next week january 5th 1998 raw 241 because paul bear again takes it over the top <laughs> <He> comes out <laughs> i love this segment paul bear comes out and he comes out to undertaker's old old music like his original first entrance yeah the
1: old funeral music
0: um, and he looks drunk. He's all disheveled. His tie's messed up. His hair is messed up. He's not <laughs> yeah. wearing a jacket. He just looks terrible. Um, so something has obviously been going on yeah. with him. It's like he had been
1: out all night with Ric Flair. Or something <laughs> like or the Four Horsemen. Like he, he looks awful, man. Um, you're right. He comes out and death. And I just wrote. He doesn't have his usual swagger. You know about yeah. him. You know he because he's been over the top, over the moon, and, yeah, he doesn't have that here. So he comes out and, you know, Undertaker. I can't even do one. He, he, he does a weird one, but. I curse the ground that you walk on.
0: I despise the very air that you breathe. I hate your guts. It's because
1: of you that I've lost my cane. Wow. And the crowd pops right there, which is really interesting. I love that they're invested. They're like, yay, he lost cane. He doesn't have him anymore. So I love that.
0: And we're not gonna see Kane on this episode of Raw. He's not on there at all. Paul Bear is pleading with him to come home. He yeah. said that he's been looking everywhere, searching everywhere for Kane. You know, this is you know, before Kane probably didn't have a cell phone at this point. You know, cell phones sure. were around, but Kane probably didn't have one, so can't get in touch with him. Uh he pleads to Kane, says, I've taken care of you for all these years. Come home, please come home to me, Kane. So building up this this idea again that could the Undertaker have possibly swayed Kane over to his side? Has he left Paul Bearer? Has he gotten Kane to work alongside of him, building up that tension?
1: Right, which like, you know, I mentioned last week about, you know, Thor and Loki, man. Like that's kind of the, the game they play throughout all the Avengers movies. Is like, you know, is Loki gonna come across to, you know, the the good side and you kinda see them team up and then he turns his back on on Thor a lot and it's just like it's so parallels this story that we're watching unfold here um, in 1998 it's just it's great I love it um,
0: there's another story going on through this whole episode of Raw and that is Stone Cold Steve Austin oh, coming golly. out and giving a stunner <laughs> to everybody at the end of every segment man you know, you know this oh go ahead well I was just to say we talked about you know on a Bruce Pritchard's podcast he says that Jim Cornette says, yeah, guaranteed way to get somebody over, have them come out of a box, put them in a box, have them jump out of the box, they're over. And we right. mi- You mentioned a few episodes ago, another guaranteed way is have somebody yep. come out on a motorcycle. Uh, yep. Those guys are always over. <laughs> well, dude, number three way to guarantee you get somebody over, have them come out and hit their finisher 20 times in one night. Dude, Stone Cold is off the charts over. But every time he comes out, runs out of the crowd, um, pops the finisher on somebody, Dude, let Roman Reigns do that on Raw. Just have yes. him come out and spear everybody. He'll be over like that. Oh yeah. Dude. Just like oh, that. yeah.
1: <laughs> it's so good. I loved it, man. Again, it's telling the story of the Rumble, and but he's the only one that does it. It's so perfect. You could yeah. take a guy on the undercard of Monday Night Raw or SmackDown. Yes. And have you? You could have Todd Dillinger or Kurt Hawkins come out, <laughs> and every single freaking segment they hit their finisher on everybody in the ring. They're over. Boom. They're over. Hundred percent. Over. You gotta keep it going. I'm telling you, they do that. perfect ten. <laughs> For, or Mr. Owen two hundred and one or whatever. Um yeah, wow, they could do bro. that. It'd be I great. It. So yeah, man, it's awesome. So again, that story is being told throughout and later on in this episode there's a nice little video package kind of recapping the hell in the cell and the, the build up to that and just kinda all of Sean and and um and Undertaker's, you know, interactions over the last few months and um there's a promo in the ring later on with Shawn Michaels, and he says that he's beaten this man time after time, and he'll prove that he's a loser at the Royal Rumble, which, again, um, I guess you don't, you know, we talk about heel 101. You don't want to poop on your opponent too much, because then when you beat him, there are nobody. But, you know, it does work for Shawn's, you know, bratty character yeah. that he has here. So, And then he calls out the Undertaker so he can smack him around. Which I thought it was cool. He doesn't say main event style like he did a few months ago, but <laughs> he does say, "I want you know, I want to smack him around. Um, Which is cool. And then again, here we go. We got some more druids, and uh, a gr- graffiti casket gets pulled out here again. Yeah. I just want to say, man, these druids are some. This is druid day 101. Like, this is their first day. Uh, Not professional awful. druids. No, 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 no. So, uh,
0: well, they come out, they're playing off of the whole gimmick from last week. Shawn Michaels right. is, like, over the top, like, being goofy. Like, oh, come on, guys. Come on. I thought you. He's, Saying to Triple H and China, you guys couldn't think of anything better. We just did this last week. Oh, well, (laughs) let me go through the motions and open it up. I wonder who could be inside. He just assumes that Triple H is going to be inside and pop out. But while he's dancing around on top of the casket, Triple H and China come out on top of the ramp, like trying to scream and warn Triple H or trying to warn Shawn Michaels, don't open the casket. We're not in it. It's not us. And Shawn Michaels just, it's like, it's so cheesy, but it's great. He's yeah. Like, <laughs> if you two are up there, then then then, then who's in the who's in the casket? Oh, it's the Undertaker! The Undertaker! The Undertaker's got Shawn Michaels! He's, in the, he's taking that casket!
1: Oh my gosh, we're inside the casket! Did we get yeah. sucked in? I don't
0: know what happened, but uh, right. it was a cool ending.
1: It was man, it was, and I just it's a neat ending to to Raw to finally sell the match between these two. Again, we've yeah. talked so much about Kane and, and Undertaker, and again it plays a part in this match coming up. But again, the real match here is Sean and 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 Taker, and they have real beef too, going back to like you said, back to September or August really. Um, so I like it, but again, <laughs> they're beefing. Yeah, that's the whole would say. But I do want to say again, I want to call Jr. out here again because. As the druids are coming out with the casket, Jr. blows it and goes, "Well, you know, Undertaker's in there." (laughs) Yeah. Like, come on! Like that's two weeks in a row you've blown like the surprise. So, but again, he talks on in real life about like not wanting to know how things are going to play out. Sometimes, you know. So, I guess that's what you get. You know, he wants his actual surprise and stuff. So, or his, his actual reactions to things. So, that's what you're gonna get with Jr. Here. Yeah, I'm he not crapping if... I love JR. But no, you're it's, right, but it's he's just funny. He
0: has some slips and imperfections on here for yeah. sure.
1: It's uh, like when Heenan and, and Hulk Hogan comes up. <laughs> well, whose side is he on? Exactly. That's exactly Come what on. it was like. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. All
0: right, let's so. hit the Go Home Show, uh, January yep. 12, 1998. Yeah, just a little bit more build up here as DX arrives to the show, and Shawn Michaels promises all throughout the episode that there's going to be this huge announcement about Kane and the Undertaker. So they finally DX finally comes out and basically they're saying that they want to invite Kane to become the newest member of D Generation X. So they've uh, inviting him to join them with open arms. That they want to provide a family for him since he doesn't fit in with Paul Bear or the Undertaker. He wants to join them. So instead of Undert- instead of Kane coming out, the Undertaker comes out and confronts DX.
1: Yeah, so again, he comes out and Undertaker that is and yeah, he he stares Sean down and he asks him, he said, you know, leave my family out of this, you know. He said, I'd be worried about the championship if I was you. And he goes to just ch- to choke Shawn Michaels, which I think the guy from Botchamania uses this when he does the oh, yeah. the uh, you talk too much or whatever on those that segments. He uses this part where where Taker grabs Sean by the throat. So shout out to Matthew on Botchmania for that. But uh, it's from this segment right here. He, uh, Undertaker goes and he chokes Sean, and then he turns around and he starts choking China, which you would not see that today.
0: No, um, but it gets a huge pop here. because It does. Yeah. No one has really had any physicality with China yet. She right. She's been attacking everybody else, but no one's yeah. really gone after her. And he gets her up like he's about to choke slam her before Triple H stops him.
1: Yeah, yeah, Hunter stops him with the crutch, you know, he's been leaning on and for the last few weeks 'cause he 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 shoot, tweaked his knee for real. Like he yeah it wasn't a like storyline But yeah, and then Sean just turns around and hits sweet chin music on him and starts beating Undertaker with the crutch and uh DX is just assaulting them and at this point, man, the crowd, unprovoked, is just chanting We Want Kane and I love that, like it's so cool like how they've turned from this yeah, you know, he's a heel and now he's a baby face in their eyes. Uh, and it's just, it's really cool to see that. You know, they're chanting, we want Kane, we want Kane. For just a brief, a brief second. You know, you hear a couple of that, a couple of chants of that. Because then after that, his lights are out and the music hits. So
0: Yeah, they get what they want. Kane comes out to save The Undertaker this time. And you're right, the crowd is electric here, man. They are <laughs> losing their minds at seeing these two guys work together. Which is crazy, because Kane's had one match. Right. <laughs> Kane's been around for two months now. Yeah. He is over like Rover, man. The, this whole angle is over big time. Kane chases DX away. Uh, the Undertaker and Kane share this glance at each other across the arena, and Kane does The Undertaker's pose, the uh, the Shakespeare the Sha- pose yeah. at the top of the ramp, and The Undertaker returns it. The flames go off, and the roof blows off the arena, man. It is insane. Dude. I loved it. And it was it, perfect.
1: Yeah, and Taker smirks a little bit. He gives a little bit of a smile, and commentary even calls him out. You know, like, oh, I think you just saw a smile on his face. And I tell you what, man, my 32-year-old face was smiling watching this. <laughs> I know it was as a 12-year-old, too, but um, 30, yeah, I'm 32 now, and this, man, I was I was smiling. I was like, oh, this is so cool. I'm marking out like a, like a little kid, and uh, it's just awesome, awesome storytelling, which, again, that's what... We keep harping on so much. is just the storytelling of Undertaker. Whether it's crappy stuff from, you know, someone melting his urn down into a chain necklace or it's something cool like this. It's all story, man, so far. It's really good stuff. And this storyline has been perfect. Perfect.
0: Well, I know even back then I remember desperately wanting to know what happened on this show. I didn't order it at the time, but I did do something very specific here. Throwing back, I guess, throw it back to the kids' corner here. When I was, uh, I guess I would have been 11 years old at this point, almost right before my 12th birthday. This is the very first time, and I remember it vividly. This is the very first time I ever got on the internet and read the pay per view results live as they were happening. Uh, I remember we had, I don't know how long we'd had it, I guess for maybe a month or two, we had America Online. And, you know, if you go back and watch these oh, Raws, really? yeah. America Online, they're pushing America Online like they push Twitter now and all the social media now. <sighs> it's a huge part of the show back then, going back and watching it. So I would get on the WWF America Online boards. I used to post on those message boards on there <laughs> all the time. And I uh, wow. used to look at pictures of Sonny and Sable on there, too. <laughs> but uh, that's another story. <laughs> Uh, Most downloaded woman nine ninety six. Oh yeah, a lot of those downloads are from the Dorio house. Um, <laughs> anyway, anywho, <laughs> I, I remember think or seeing on there they advertise, Oh, you can, we're gonna post the Royal Rumble results live as they happen on there, and you can go and see the entrance. Like we'll we'll tell you who's coming to the Royal Rumble each time. And I like I remember thinking that in the middle of the show that night. Oh yeah, I can get online and <laughs> and see what's happening. I don't have to wait until Raw the next night. So I remember you know getting on the dial up and getting on the AOL message boards. I vividly remember like seeing number sixteen into the Royal Rumble is Goldust or whoever it was. Owen Hart, you know, Dude Love. I remember like refreshing it over and over again to see who was going to be in the Royal Rumble and seeing that Stone Cold won the Royal Rumble and be like, oh yes, that's amazing. And then being, being on the chat room and and watching what happened in this match, you know, watching the text of what happened in this match, and, right? You know, we we were just talking before we went on the show. It's uh, never gone back, you know. It's like being an online wrestling fan is like crack, dude. There's just so much <laughs> yeah. to read about. That was the gateway to really, you know, I knew wrestling was fake and I, and I knew a lot of stuff, but that was the gateway to like really digging into. All like the behind-the-scenes secrets that I never knew about, and stories and stuff, and and reading about wrestling news for the first time, and rumors and all that sort of stuff, and that you know consumed a lot of my time and still does all these still years does. later. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh, that's great, man! Like, so I used to leave this away message on my instant messenger from Eddie Vedder, and it said, um. Caffeine's a gateway drug, and I think that you're saying that AOL back then was the gateway drug for you oh, for and your sure, wrestling dude. internet fandom. So, and here's just a conspiracy theory for you. So WWF it just just popped into my head. As you're talking WWF is pushing AOL so much, so hard here, right? Well, who does who does AOL merge with about in the, in, in the August of this year, ninety eight? Bel- Time Warner, believe it's Time Warner, which. Everyone in WCW will tell you that was the beginning of the end for the whole entire company. You're so right. Maybe Mr. Man was really right. Uh-huh. WCW is going to win this year. Uh, just off the top of my head. I don't know. I think just we saying. just uncovered a 20-year-old <laughs> secret right there, buddy. I think we did, man. There go. Maybe we did, so. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, I do not have the vivid memory of this particular show reading the results, but um, that's so cool that you do, man. You remember that. And, I mean, shortly after this, I remember being on there, and I remember trying to turn on my pay-per-view channel, like Scramble Vision, you know, trying to listen to it. And I, once we get to, like, June or July of this year, I'll, I'll, I'll say something specific about that. But, um, anyway, um, yeah, that's, that's great that you remember that so vividly because that's really cool you – like. I remember specifically the next the next day at school talking about how Austin won and being just going nuts about it. How cool that was! So, I think but. I think I just remember it just
0: because it was those Royal Rumble match right, results. Right, like seeing right. Seeing each guy come in and just being so excited to yeah to read about it because I wasn't watching it. But yeah, it's oh yeah, funny how that sticks in your head. So yeah, and this is a speaking of sticking in the head, the poster for this pay per view with all the. <laughs> nails and stone back of stone Oh, head. yeah.
1: He's got the like Hellraiser head or yeah. whatever, like, all the nails in his head. Yeah. So that's crazy. But um
0: Let's talk yeah, about this main ex- event, ex-
1: man. Yeah, speaking of excitement, you know, this is the main event. The casket again, this is January we're at Royal Rumble, which is January eighteenth, nineteen ninety eight, from San Jose Arena in San Jose, California. So you think Meltzer was there?
0: He probably was. He probably was. Honestly. Along with I'm not Mike joking. Tyson. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, because yeah, we we failed to mention in our buildups here that Mike Tyson's been introduced into the you know dipped his toe into the World Wrestling Federation. We're gonna get his actual involvement later on. We'll co- cover that next week on next week's Talking Taker a little bit. But um, yeah, it's not yeah. a
0: huge part of the Undertaker story, but it's obviously a huge milestone for the WWF and right. ends up being a. A pivotal moment in their history, so uh, we'll definitely yeah. make mention of it. But yeah, he's not going to have much interaction with Undertaker here.
1: Yeah, but um, this is the main event of the show. So the Rumble again, historically the Rumble goes on last, but here we have the Rumble right before this. So this is actually the main event. So Shawn Michaels didn't play him when he says he's the main event, the show, the showstopper, the, the icon, the main event. You know, he's right. So. Um, he is. They,
0: they show video package of all the build up here, of course, and uh, you know it's a great feud. Obviously, getting you excited for it. Uh, the production values are off the charts, as always. Uh, Mike yeah. Tyson is in the crowd. They do show him cheering in yep. the crowd, doing the crotch crotch shops at <laughs> DX. He's yeah. having the
1: time of his life, man. He is, man. I want to be like... as
0: excited watching wrestling as Mike Tyson is.
1: Dude. <laughs> yeah. Look at Show Michael man. Look at Show Michael's my there, man. It's my <laughs> man. The, but man, this this video package did make me miss the old the old casket matches. Like I said, where yeah. he's Undertaker's building his own casket. He's got the blueprints and all that stuff. I, I it made me, you know, pine for those days. So. like I said, it's a weird it's a weird time. Like this is not really a, this is kind of a forgotten part of his of his character at this point and now they're bringing it back so but so glad they because this match is cool. This is a really good match, so um sean is out first he comes out first as the champ which again is kind of weird but again a lot of times you see that in undertaker matches regardless right. of his championship status he comes out second a lot of times especially as the years go on here
0: and it gives you it allows for that this great shot where the camera is looking <sighs> over Shawn michael's shoulder at the undertaker as the Undertaker's standing on the stairs and he Sticks his hands up in the air, and it's like a big bolt of lightning, and Sean's yeah. terrified. It's just a, just a again production value here.
1: It's, so good, it's, man!
0: It's incredible. It's excellent. It's at the top of its game. Jr. and the King are just in their peak on commentary here. They're they're two man announce crew. They have so many good lines, <laughs> and you know we failed to mention it a couple episodes ago, but uh, it. R.I.P. to Vince McMahon on commentary and all the McMahonisms yeah. uh, that we will not have anymore, sadly. But uh, I'm sure we'll have some great Jr. and King man, uh, Jr. and King isms. But I will miss uh, Mr. McMahon's word of the day. very I'll much. miss
1: the word of the day calendar. Yeah, R.I.P. to the word of the day calendar. But we'll probably and get some in some promos and stuff. Sure, sure, sure. Oh yeah, he's gonna be a huge character on screen now, so yeah. rather than behind the mic. So anyway, yeah. But yeah, you're right, man. Jr. and King are great. Um, JR says something about uh, what does he say about John Wayne?
0: He says Shawn Michaels' record in main events is better than John Wayne's in shootouts. <laughs>
1: that's the most um, JR
0: line I've ever heard.
1: Uh, yeah. If only he told us where Shawn went to college and played football or something. That would have been even more JR of <laughs> him. So, but um.
0: And he also said he says Triple H being at ringside is about as welcome as a phone call during Monday Night Raw. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's a little plug
1: there, JR. Man, this match starts off really quick and um Sean's just kind of dancing around on defense but he's making you lunging and and punches and Taker makes a lunge and he missed and Sean's just punching at him and flurrying him and JR says on commentary you know he's got a hit and run he's got to approach as a hit and run here which as he's saying that, it's exactly what Sean's doing in the ring he's just hitting and running you know bobbing and weaving and, and he just but he keeps coming right back like anytime Undertaker pushes him off He comes right back. He's like a little cockroach. It won't, you know, go away. And it's just, it's really cool to see. You know, Sean is just starting it out at a fast pace.
0: He's being a lot more aggressive than he was in the first two matches, which makes sense. He's more confident. He's more cocky. He's escaped with his life the other two times. He's got the championship now. He's got Triple H in China out there. And he's being a lot more aggressive. So they're telling a good story here. Um, And then another thing I just noticed was interesting. and, And, I mean, I guess I just haven't noticed it in other casket matches, but it's just interesting to me that there's no referee in the ring, uh, which, you know, that's... Obviously, you don't need one. They're not there to count the pinfall, but I just wonder if it's weird for those guys to be in a match where the referee's not in the ring, because as we know... The referee does a lot more than just count a pinfall. They're there right. to relay spots to the guys, communicate yeah. between the guys. So, I just never caught that before. It doesn't like jump out to me during the match all that. I don't I didn't notice anything special about it, but it just made me think like I wonder if they have to work a little bit differently without a referee in the, yeah. in the match. Never thought about That's, that before.
1: Me neither. That's a good question. I wonder if they did. I never even pay attention to that in the other casket matches we've had. Of course, maybe there was a referee in there. I don't really remember, but Yeah. Um, they are there's outside a referee the on ring. the outside yeah earl well, hebner plays a role or doesn't play a role later on we'll talk about that uh, and but the, um uh, the
0: casket of course is outside the ring and comes into play very very early
1: yeah very early so um Sean avoids a press slam onto the casket it's open taker's gonna go you know press slam into it and again i, I just wanted to mention like the tease, the early tease of going in the casket, because a lot of times you see fighting and fighting and fighting, and then they go to the casket later on. Like, they're going to the casket right from the get go here, just teasing you, reminding you it's a casket match. But, you know, he, he avoids that press slam, and then Sean runs the ropes and takes the back body drop, the infamous back body drop, over the top rope and hits his back on the edge of the casket. And this is that spot, that famous spot that allegedly, you know, took four years off his career that he had to send it home with. So, um, it's just weird because to me, like visually looking at it, it, it didn't look like much, you know?
0: I thought the exact same thing. I've always thought that. Yeah.
1: Dude, and maybe I'm just
0: blind to it. You know, it, it doesn't look like it feels good like no, he, when he no. hits his, his back on there. But it just – it's one of those things where it doesn't look like the devastating injury that it became. You know, it's, it's right. crazy to think – how much damage it, it It looks like he's just grazes it but right you know injuries are like that sometimes sometimes it's like sure. freak stuff and just like hitting it to just the right spot at just the right angle can completely mess you up and, and it happens so fast to, yeah oh it's um, so fast and it's so <laughs> such a such a little thing and um, I don't know what he was supposed to do, That like, w- I don't know how he was supposed to hit it, or was he supposed yeah. to not hit it, like, I don't know what exactly they were going for there
1: either. Yeah, I, I don't know if he was supposed to, like, land on top of it and bounce off, or, like, go all the way over it and overshoot it, but, yeah, it's so quick, it's, it looks like he just grazes it, even the slow-mo replay looks just so fast, and but again, like you said, some of the worst injuries are just—they're just like that. It's like a paper cut. They hurt like crap, but they're so tiny, yeah. you know. So, um, this is. And, but like, and he doesn't sell it immediately. You start no. seeing it later on in the match. He does, but he doesn't get up and like grab it. So, and this is why a lot of conspiracy theorists would say, you know, this was just Sean, you know, getting his panties in a wad, and he just goes home, doesn't want to do business, and goes home. And but I don't believe that, man. I believe the guy was legit hurt. You know, I really do. Yeah. Um, but you could you could look at this and say. You know, he didn't really hit it, and it was a work. It was, you know, he's just working everyone. So I see that, but I don't believe that for a second.
0: I mean, if anything, maybe it was compounded by some other stuff because, I mean, immediately, (laughs) yeah, Taker picks him up over his head and slams him down onto the mat outside. And, you know, Sean takes a beating for the rest of this match, too. So, you know, maybe that injury. Started right there and continued to get compounded throughout the match. Yeah, that, yeah. There's probably some truth to that, too. Because Undertaker yeah. continues to destroy him.
1: He does. He introduces back to the ring post. He body slams him on the casket. Uh, big Boots, Sean, who falls right into the open casket. And this is so good, though, because he jumped up, Was JR yeah. I say, quick, quicker than a hiccup. Yeah. yeah he, he's <laughs> up and out of there, man. And it's just, again, a great psychology tease there to me. Like, I don't know, man. It's just... Their psychology between these two guys is so perfect. Just the fact he got in and got out so quick, just showing you know he's not wasting time. He just, he, he doesn't want to. He, he wants to win. Doesn't want to lose. Man, it's just really good psychology.
0: It is. I think the psychology in this match is excellent, dude. They, and they're playing off stuff from the previous matches as well, uh, including they they do a spot where. Shawn Michaels takes out a cameraman on the outside again. And yeah. And the announcers pick up on it too. Uh, they call him out on that, remind us of yeah. what happened at Hell in a Cell. Um, and they're doing a lot of casket shots, casket teases. Shawn Michaels goes into the casket again, and the casket cam returns.
1: Yeah, Another thank God. The casket cam shot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Shawn barely gets out of the casket too. Shawn Undertaker goes to close oh, it. Oh, yeah. Barely gets his hand out uh, to stop it. Uh, it's, it's like in the first five minutes of the match and the crowd is not buying the, the false finish yet. They're, right. They're not super into this yet. And, you know, the Royal Rumble being before this, I think, killed the crowd a, a little bit. They, they definitely get back well, sure. into it later on, but they just went on a huge ride with Stone Cold winning the Royal Rumble yeah. in, in big Plus fashion. Mick Foley
1: coming in three times. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. It's hard to follow yeah. the Royal Rumble.
1: It's hard to follow that anyway. And then yeah, especially when a guy's over as Austin wins it, you know, it's tough. They were in a tough spot here. But um it's good. But the the way that Sean gets out of the casket here, when Undertaker opens the lid, he gets powder thrown into his eyes. So, um and then we get it we get a little replay where the casket cam actually shows Sean prepping the powder in his hand. <laughs> I don't know, um I I don't know where he kept in his pants or what happened with it, but anyway, he throws some powder into Undertaker's eyes, which again is completely legal. There's no DQ, nothing here. Um, doesn't matter. So it's all good. No DQ so. is
0: right, and, and Sean is is putting that into effect. He's uses the stairs on Undertaker. He's doing what he should be doing in a in a noticeable variation yeah. match. He's using weapons. He hits a wicked pile driver on to the stairs on the Undertaker. Oh. Another callback to Hell in a Cell, yep. but God, it is brutal, and it. That wakes the crowd up, man. They, yeah. It's a huge makes a huge noise and woo it, it's painful looking.
1: Yeah, it looked awful, man. I don't know how you fake that. Yeah. <laughs> it looks terrible. But yeah, it's a huge thud too, and yeah, a great callback to Hell in the Cell and and right before that was the, the moonsault that he does off the top rope and starts just mm. wailing away on Undertaker, which again we'll see that move in WrestleMania twenty five and twenty six, you know? Um that'll that'll come into play. That's a great callback in those matches to this match, in my opinion. Um, we'll get there. We'll get there in a few years. I'm <laughs> talking, Taker. We will. Um, uh, at, oh, go ahead.
0: Uh, Sean uses the chair, brings out the steel chair, which yep. started all of this, and yeah. uses that. Triple H is using the crutch to beat down on Undertaker. They're doing whatever they can. It's a no disqualification match, and Jr. points out that DX is interfering. And if Kane were out here with the with his brother, The Undertaker, this would not be happening.
1: Yeah, he does say that, which is cool. and Which, again, that's what I'm thinking as I'm watching this match, You know, especially seeing the storyline play out. I'm like, well, Kane would have been a nice addition to this, you know, yeah. to help him out. They're building and, uh, up
0: the storyline. Where is he? I thought they were going to be together. Why is Kane not yeah.
1: out here? And JR has a great uh, comment on commentary as well. He talks about how Sh- Sean's big wins against guys like Diesel and Psycho Sid and even Undertaker, you know. He's like – He's beaten these big guys before. He knows what he's doing, you know, even on his own, which I thought was pretty cool, you know, because again, even though Sean's the heel here, they can constantly gloat by he's the best in ring performer of all time, um, which he is. So, yeah, it's hard to argue that. <laughs> yeah. But again, even as a heel, Vince is probably feeding my line to the headset. Make sure you put him over, pal. But <laughs> him with my boy, pal. That's me, pal. <laughs> uh, and then Sean's going to slow things down here with a sleeper. Dude, Which, uh, this was one of my favorite
0: spots of the match, man. It's, the sleeper hold is a lost art form in wrestling absolutely. today. It ta- he puts the sleeper hold on Undertaker. Undertaker fights out of it, and the crowd is into him fighting out of this hold. Yeah, you just don't see that anymore. It's a it's a subtle spot. People don't do it because it's slow and right and it's boring, but. It, dude, it you do it effectively, it gets the crowd into it yep. more than a suicide dive or some other yep. stuff that you, that you do to slow a match down. Whatever, uh, I just yeah. really appreciated that moment uh, amongst all this
1: brutality. Oh yeah, it was good. And they, you know, they call them rest holds or whatever, but like honestly, I needed a rest hold at this point because exactly. like it's been such fast paced man. Yes, and like and I just wrote in my notes like I'm so impressed with Taker's cardio in this match. Like he has not sucking wind, you know, I, I crapped on Vader a few episodes back at Canadian Stampede about that, you know, his cardio. But, like, Taker's cardio is out of control to be keeping up with Sean in this match because I, I would be blown up in it for sure. But, like, they call this a rest spot, but, like I said, as a viewer, I needed a, I needed a minute to relax and digest all that's happened so far, you know? Um, so it's perfect timing on their part.
0: It is because it's going to be all action here. Kind of kind of getting yeah. to the finish here. As- right, right. Taker fights out, but Shawn Michaels hits sweet chin music pretty decisively, Uh, gets it on him, and is able to roll Undertaker into the casket, and just this incredible moment, again, production values, again, the camera is right where it needs to be, Undertaker's in the casket, Shawn Michaels is standing on it, about to close the lid, but he gets too cocky. Uh, Literally gives, <laughs> gets some crotch chops <laughs> and while he's crotch chopping Undertaker before he closes the lid, Undertaker gets the goozle on Sean, but gets it down low and grabs it yeah. in the crotch. It's just classic, man. Uh, really oh. well done spot.
1: Oh, yeah. And it's just it's the perfect wrestling psychology of a heel. Just, you know, taking that one extra second to be cocky. You know, he could have just closed the lid and won the match, but instead he got cocky. And so did Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> if you will so yeah he he grabs him low and uh thank god the camera zoomed in on Shawn michaels butt here that's probably a fun that's probably a call probably another call, another the man call. The back. yeah yeah zoom in kevin zoom in <laughs> um anyway he throws Shawn michaels back and, and it hits a humongous back body drop that only like aj styles will take nowadays like he's the one he does the huge backdrops like sean used to do um Taker gets a clothesline, a big boot. You know, he's he's mad. He's been crotch chopped at this point, you know. So, big. And then then he goes for a, the running diving clothesline, and I, I think is what he's going for. And Sean moves, and Taker just rolls and stumbles into the <laughs> casket. So, slips on a banana peel, goes into the yeah. casket.
0: Then Shawn Michaels goes to the top Shoot. rope and hits a flying elbow into the casket, which is just insane.
1: I did not remember move, that dude. spot. Yeah. I did not remember that either. <laughs> I did not remember that.
0: And apparently Earl Hebner thinks both guys are out because he just shuts the lid on the two of them right there. Which, <laughs> it... I... <laughs> Why? Why would you do
1: that? <laughs> well, and if you listen, he looks to like somebody, production or camera, and he goes, it fell. That's what he says like out loud. He says, it <laughs> fell. Because I always listen to my headphones on, and he says it fell, which I'm like, mm, I think you accidentally shot it because I watched you shut it.
0: I guess there can't be a draw in a casket match apparently because technically they both should have lost right there.
1: Right, that's true. They both should have. But, you know, we get this classic moment right here that we've – I think it's pretty much been in every casket match you've covered where the bad guy – or no, it was in the – no, it was in the Goldust one? I don't remember. It's been in one of them. But anyway, Sean comes out and – Undertaker goes back to that old movie monster like you said way early on in talking Taker and he grabs him and he drags him back in the casket just like a, you know the creature from the Black Lagoon so it's just classic and great production great camera shot of this as well too
0: so. They come out from that fighting, pop, popping out of the casket, popping the lid off They get back in the ring for a second. Taker hits the biggest (laughs) choke slam you will ever see on Shawn Michaels. Lifts him up to the top of the arena and slams (laughs) him down. Jim Ross is having a conniption, just going nuts. So excited. Uh, His hat is exploding off of him. Undertaker (laughs) hits a diving tombstone off of the apron into the casket. Again, just... What the heck, dude? How do you even? I didn't remember that spot it? either. No, again, crazy. But yeah. unfortunately, that should be the finish right there. But here come the New Age Outlaws and Los Bariquas to attack the Undertaker. The Associates of Degeneration X again, reminiscent of Royal Rumble 1994. Yep, beating down the Undertaker and really setting up where we're about to get another huge pop as the lights go out. The organ plays and Kane comes out,
1: and yeah, and I just wrote the crowd loves some Kane oh, here, my man. He is—he's the second big or third biggest babyface in the company at this point for this two minutes here, without a doubt. It's Austin and and Undertaker and Kane. They're the top three babyfaces in the, in the company right here at this moment, uh, and and Undertaker says it's the unholy alliance of the brothers of the night. Uh, no, sorry, Jr. Jr. Yeah, I said, yeah. Excuse me. I got excited there. Uh, JR says it's the Unholy Alliance of the Brothers of the Night. So now we got a new nickname for the, uh, yep. which you and I are as well. We're brothers the of, night brothers right of, now, of it's, the night right now. It's deep late into the night. <laughs> it is, dude. I, <laughs> anyway. got,
0: I got chill bumps watching the even 20 years yeah. ago. Their pop yeah. is huge. Uh, Kane, of course, he destroys the Geek Squad yet again. But as he goes to raise his hands to pop the flames out of the corners of the ring – He attacks The Undertaker and turns on his brother. The crowd is confused and then starts booing. They were so excited to see this. But now Kane has turned on him. Chokeslams The Undertaker, tosses him into the casket, and Shawn Michaels shuts the lid. Chokeslams him into
1: the casket, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Shawn Michaels shuts the lid, retains the title, even though I don't think the bell ever rung on this match. (laughs) Pretty sure uh,
1: it's still happening. Still going on. Oh, it could be. Yeah. yeah. Kurt is still in the Royal Rumble too from a few years ago. So Yeah, yeah. The, the lid gets shut by Sean at twenty minutes, thirty seconds, so their shortest match they've had, but um I think. But um really good and again, I just massive heat for Kane. Mass oh, He man. goes from the biggest baby face to the biggest heel yeah, in like, just like ninety that. seconds. In like ninety seconds. It is incredible to see that. And it's just the crowd is in the palm of of the WWF storyteller's hands. Like at this point, like they have got them in the palm of their hand when it comes to Kane and Undertaker. I love it. I love it so good.
0: It's great. Paul Bearer. It's not over yet either. No, Paul not Bearer at all. Comes out, locks the casket, and along with Kane, they walk to the top of the aisle with the casket. Kane heads to the back and grabs an axe and a can of gasoline and starts. <laughs> Stands up on top of the casket, starts hacking it with an axe.
1: Just like Kevin Nash did. Diesel, right?
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just
1: destroyed Negative. the casket backstage. <laughs> well,
0: fake diesel, Kane, you know. Yeah, you it's, see?
1: It's all connected. Six degrees. It's all yeah.
0: connected, people. <laughs>
1: it, it is. That's why we're doing this.
0: <laughs> uh, mm. King and JR hit the height of their stupidity here. <laughs> Kane walks out with a red gas can that – Literally, if you like, since I was five years old, I knew what a gas can looks like—a plastic gas can. King says, "Is that gasoline?" Jr. Jr. says, "I really don't know what it is." You can't yeah, you tell. Do. You have no idea what that is, <laughs> right? So then, oh. Kane starts to pour gasoline on the casket, and Jr. is fifty feet away, a hundred feet away from this casket, say, like, "Oh, it smells heinous!" Like. You can smell <laughs> yeah. gasoline from over there, really, dude. Which, really? Right. Oh. Uh, yeah. It's, it's like when they uh he smelled the ether in the ring from uh WrestleMania nine. Wrestling. He'd smell it yeah. all the way away from there.
1: Sure. Yeah, he okay. should have passed out in commentary then. So. Yeah <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, JR can smell gasoline from a hundred feet away, but he can't see that it it's a gasoline no, he container, can't tell so not um, but – and I guess Kane is chopping a hole in there so he gets the gasoline directly on the Undertaker because, again, I he guess. gets Because otherwise, I, I was like, what's the point of lighting it? It's wood. It's going to light on fire. <laughs> it's the most combustible thing in the world. so <laughs> But anyway, um, so he, he lights – or excuse me, Paul Bearer pulls a matchbook because, again, it's 2018. Or in 2018 now, it's to 1998 here. So he doesn't have a vape. Or something like that, or wow. he doesn't have like a little, you know, some Zippo quick lighter. He's got a book of matches you get from a restaurant when you're on the way out. You know, I had, I would just grab them from restaurants just because they're cool, my like matchbooks. So he grabs a matchbook. Paul Bear's
0: never seen a restaurant he didn't like either. So exactly, <laughs>
1: exactly, as we can tell by his uh, lumpiness. So he grabs it, lights, it takes one match, <laughs> lights the one match. And then lights the entire matchbook on fire, hands it to Kane, and Kane delivers the blow. He throws it on the gasoline, and the casket goes up in a blaze. Oh, Um, man, what a
0: visual. What what a finish. JR is screaming at the top of the lungs. Like, the pay-per-view goes off the air. You think The Undertaker is dead yet again. What a way to get you to turn into Raw the next night and to see what happened, to build up to their feud. And a really incredible finish and build to what's going to be next, which for us is going to be WrestleMania 14 and the very first battle between The Undertaker and Kane. Um, I will say one other quick note on this is uh, I do remember – i'm surprised it's not on the network uh on the on the coliseum home video for this or i guess i don't know if it was still coliseum video or or what it was uh i used to have a copy of it and i remember there's extra footage on the home video that shows after the show went off the air of the officials coming out and using fire extinguishers to put out the flames on the casket and it was a huge flame on there it blows up really well great special (laughs) effect but then they open up the casket, and the Undertaker is gone. He's not in there, which, of course, we know. You know, The Undertaker didn't burn alive, or some right. secret door he gets out of. But it's building up to a mystery. You know, where did the Undertaker sure. go? How did he get out of there? Are we ever going to see him again? So they do show some of that footage exists somewhere. It's not on the network.
1: Oh, well, that's cool. But uh,
0: I do remember it being on well, the video.
1: And they mentioned it Next Down a roll, I believe, yeah. but they don't They don't show it. So that's cool Those that was on the video. That's really neat. But yeah, man. Freaking spectacle! Awesome, great match. Best casket match we've reviewed by far. I think like so. by by a landslide to me. <laughs> like uh, so good. These guys, I could watch these guys wrestle all day. Um, yeah, good stuff. Great chemistry. Great match. Two thumbs up from both of us. So four thumbs up. Uh, go watch it, man. It's awesome.
0: Absolutely, well worth watching, and a great start to another year here on Talking Taker. We got a, a yeah. full year. Uh, matches here that we're going to get through, well, I guess not a full year because uh, it does miss a few pay-per-views in this build-up. So we're going to jump over to March of 1998, WrestleMania 14, an all-time classic pay-per-view and a huge match in The Undertaker's career as he faces his brother Kane for the first time and we get the culmination uh, of all this build, the climax, you know, they're, they're going to have a lot more, but uh, I, yeah. we'll, we'll call it the first, first battle. First battle between yeah. Kane and The Undertaker. It's going to be fun. We hope you'll join us next Friday on Talking Taker as we discuss that. Of course, we'll be breaking down all the buildup on our social media at Talking Taker on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Follow us along with that. You can follow me. On all those places, I'm at Alex Dorio. You cannot follow Travis; he is Twitterless Travis. But uh, you can get his input. Uh, he does he does post over on the Facebook page, yeah. Uh, and he does check the Twitter, so you can get shout him out on there. We love hearing from you guys, hearing your input. So uh, please comment, leave us uh, your suggestions, your memories of all this stuff on all those pages and on YouTube, Podbean, uh, yeah, Podbean, <laughs> YouTube, yeah. Podbean. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you're listening on. Give us a rating. Spread the word, people. Uh, we appreciate that. And, of course, you can always spread the word with a Talking Taker, Taker Easy t-shirt, available at tpublic.com.
1: Absolutely. You're sporting yours right now. I don't I have am. mine on right now. But um. anyway, man, and if you were there in San Jose this night of Royal Rumble 98, Meltzer, if you were there, if you're listening <laughs> – Let us know. Bailey, perhaps Bailey was there. She's from that area, (laughs) I believe. She could have been. She had have been like nine years old or something. She could have been there. But, um, yeah, Bailey, if you were there, anybody else who was there, our listeners, let us know. Um, If you were there, we want to hear from you. And uh, most importantly, ladies and gentlemen, we got two words for you. Take her easy.
0: 1998 will be the year of Kane. How much more will the Undertaker take? Or maybe more specifically, how much more can
1: he take?
0: Oh my gosh! Welcome to hell! The Undertaker, lying in the corner. He had a chance. He had a chance to defend himself. Steven B, that man!